0: You are now listening to Trust in the Process, the podcast that celebrates Black women doing big things by unpacking the journey and sharing life lessons along the way. I'm your host, Debra Chosen. Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of Trust in the Process, the podcast that celebrates Black women doing big things. Today is a conversation that honestly has been years in the making. Ronka may not know this and she might think I'm exaggerating, but it's actually fact. This this young woman is someone who I've literally had on on my guest list, so to speak, since the the beginning of Trust in the Process. So back in the early conception days when it was really just an idea. And one of the things that really drew me to Ronka then and still does now is just the way that she is so masterfully um, and courageously, you know, navigated life by taking risks, by jumping, um, by going after a life that that she's truly loves. Um, when I think about how I came to know Ronka, I mean, that's an interesting one because I feel like, you know, social media, internet friends, all of that kind of stuff, right? Exactly. Um, we definitely connected somewhere, probably through Facebook or Jesus Loves Me Days, who knows? Um, but when I think about our last meeting, actually, we then also had, um, I don't know if you'll recall this Ronka, but um, the last time I probably physically saw you was actually nigeria
1: oh uh, yeah it was, <laughs> a very long time ago <laughs>
0: literally a lot has changed i think to, i think to be specific it was lucky phase one but I don't know I was new tonight so everything was just who knows. yeah
1: probably lucky phase one yeah. I think so yeah
0: <laughs> so, so the last time we saw each other was actually for the magnify magazine launch um, and since then um, Ronka has continued to be someone who you know I admire from afar um, Ronka is a self-proclaimed anti-comfort zone advocate she's a digital director founder of the jump school and as she puts it is a mom and wife to the best boys so Ronka Thank you first of all so much for being here but in your own words please introduce yourself tell us who you are and what it is that you do
1: hello 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 (laughs) so thanks um first and foremost for the amazing introduction but um yeah i am bronca and as you've said i am um actually co-founder of the jump school which is a platform that i launched quite recently where um i help people jump into new and amazing um, life journeys, be it um, expat journeys, be it get your money at work journeys, um, just um, things that they don't teach you at school. I run that by night and sometimes day, Um, but my full-time gig is being a digital director at um, one of the largest ad agencies in the world, um, an industry that I've been in um, for 10 plus years now, and the industry that's almost carried me um, from continent to continent. So yeah, that's a bit about me, and I'm a mum, and I'm a wife, I have the most Amazing baby boy Viano, um he's 18 months now, um 18 months and doing the most. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Um so yeah, that's a bit about me
0: fantastic that's an amazing introduction so I want to talk a little bit about um, growing up so I'm I'm someone that on this show and just in life I really believe that when we kind of look back at you know the way that we grew up and some of our aspirations then sometimes we can see some synergy between you know what we wanted to do when we were younger and what we're doing today sometimes there's absolutely no synergy but it's still interesting <laughs> to hear you know how we've grown so um, I'm going to ask you this question Ronke. Um, growing up who did you want to be what did you want
1: to do I think at the age of eight I wanted to be a doctor (laughs) yeah really random to be honest (laughs) I wanted to be a doctor um, and by the time I got to uni I had changed those career aspirations um, to working in in the finance industry, because I wanted Mm. all of the money, Um, (laughs) and then the financial crisis um, showed me Pepe, and I did not end up in the financial industry, I almost fell into the advertising um, industry Mm. space um, Mm. at that time, so where I started and where I am now, Mm. two different places, but that's who I wanted to be at that time, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's interesting, and it's funny, (laughs) it's funny really, because you mentioned that, you know, you, you were first drawn to After the doctor thing passed, (laughs) you were then drawn to um, finance world because that's where the money resides, right? (laughs) So what I find interesting is already you were quite clued, you know, clued up as to like the high paying roles and, you know, where to go to actually, you know, become financially secure. And so that's really interesting. And we'll talk a little bit more about salary and pay um, as things go along. But um, you mentioned that you kind of fell into advertising, so to speak. So in yeah. the middle of you know, the recession and the crash and everything like that. Um I believe it was really probably two thousand and ten, I think a year after graduating that you know you really kind of got your start in the world of marketing and advertising. yeah, um so how how did you land into that industry and 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 why marketing and advertising or or now advertising, you know, as as you're in?
1: funny enough um and it's amazing that I actually get to talk about this story here because I rarely talk about this story Mm. I um, am selling because I had a wealth of experience of like events on the side I used to run a clothing brand so I was kind of this multitasker. I won't call myself jack of all trades but I was that (laughs) kind of person yeah so when the whole finance gig through, I was trying to really decipher what I'm gonna do, who I'm gonna be, etc. And one of my friends was like, "Have you ever thought about the advertising space? Mm. Um, I think your skill set would be perfect." Mm. So I looked high and low, and I would, I didn't get anything. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find anything anywhere. Mm. Um, super competitive industry. Mm. Um, and I just couldn't see people like me in yeah. it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my network were not ad ad, ad people my network were filled with lawyers and doctors and um, finance people because Mm. as young Nigerians, that's what you see because that's what you were told. So I couldn't see anybody like me. And funnily enough, one of my friends was like, by the way, my cousin is a director in an ad agency. And she was a black woman wow <laughs>
0: you're like unheard of <laughs> unheard
1: of amazing <laughs> what and she was like there are some openings um at that ad, ad agency can I put forward your cv and that's how I went to this day long almost like open day multiple rounds of cvs and seeing that black director there mm. I swear put a what do you call it Like a, fire in your belly yeah, almost yeah exactly yeah and um i got the job mm. um i got the job as an account exec in a beauty agency where she was the director mm. um so That's kind of how I fell into it. Mm. Um, And there's something that I speak about on the jumps School all the time about your network is your net worth. Mm -hmm. I I did not see anyone that looked like me Mm. until I was able to tap into a network that I did not even know existed. Mm. And see someone like me really, really pushed me um, Mm. into kind of... Put my best foot forward during that interview yeah. stage and that open stage, um, yeah. open day stage. So that's how I kind of fell in, yeah. and since then I've been in the industry. I'm not gonna lie; sometimes I've tried to escape, um, <laughs> and I have kind of escaped in a way. Yeah, um, I no longer work in ad work per sure. se. So. You'll never see like a social media ad done Mm. by me. You won't see a TV Mm. ad done by me anymore. Mm. That's what I did many years ago. I now work Mm. in the digital tech space within um, the ad world. Actually, not even the ad world. I just work for an ad agency Mm. that has a digital arm to it. So I now work in tech. So I build websites. I build apps. Wow. um, build loads of different products depending on like the customer experience or mm. what the client's brief says so yeah Amazing. I kind of fell into it like that and um, that's the background to that mm,
0: that's so so interesting and, and I think it's really key that you mentioned the importance that representation played in that journey right I think for a lot of us you know there's kind of the idea of you can't you can't see um be what you don't see so to speak right so the idea of like when we grow up seeing um Black women, in particular, you know, as, as as two black women, when we grew up seeing us in these roles that we didn't know we could be in, or in these positions, um, you know, these senior roles, um, that that definitely does something to us. It gives us something that to aspire to, and something that actually, first of all, it looks like we're allowed to do it. You know, like I <laughs> I, I have permission to be in this position, and then exactly. second of all, yeah, it's possible. It's possible. And and I wonder actually, because we're, we're speaking about it a little bit, um, what was growing up like? What what kind of aspirational images did you have around you or what what did you have to aspire to in terms of your career um were there any role models in your life that you know played any significant part
1: so in regards to my career the role model was that digital di- um uh, director her name is mm. dali um, oh. so um she would be the role model at that point in time but growing up I would say nobody um mm. apart from um the legacy that my mum left for me my mum was a super hero mum she's not here anymore but um Mm. just um the role model in terms of you can get what you want Mm. even if you don't see yourself in the room you Mm. can be in that room I mean that's something that my mum kind of really pushed us to think about really Mm. really early on Mm. Um, I'm sure you've probably heard it the saying about oh you have to work 10 times harder yeah, yeah so <laughs> <your counsel>. um, <laughs> that is <laughs> exactly so it was always clear that I was going to work harder to get into certain rooms so mm-hmm. she was my role model growing up and then mm-hmm. my first career model was dale that mm-hmm. um, did, um that director
0: yeah 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 that's amazing it's amazing and and it's interesting the way that you know parents legacies really can outlive them and and impact you know the way that you still are today and, and the way that you will be and the way your children will be and, and so on and so forth i think that's so powerful and and you touched on it there um and actually i'll say that you know for for me when i when i think about run care I've, the, the little, so to speak, that I know about you, but or how much you choose to put out there and share with the world. Um, from that, I've been able to see someone who has chosen bravery, someone who has chosen courage, um, someone who has definitely defied um, and is' defying the odds you know that may be against you um and like i said you've gone on to create a life that you love and i think maybe one of those and, and you touched on it one of those specific challenges i'm sure that you would have encountered in your life would be you know experiencing the loss of parents right um at, at a young age as well and i think it's often you know it's kind of often, felt that, you know, when when difficult things happen to you, um, that you're kind of doomed, so to speak, to go down a particular direction, right? And in you I see someone who maybe in a way used all of these, all of these hard, hard um lessons and all these hard seasons in your life um, and still chose bravery. So so talking on like the topic of loss, um, when you look back through your life and and you look at, you know, your personal experiences, um, would you say that there is any connection between um how loss changes you and and how you, you know, have still chosen bravery and chosen courage in your life? Do you see any kind of connection between between the two, maybe?
1: Yeah, I definitely do. I think it's a f- pivotal part of my story, to be honest, mm. I think that without the loss that I experienced quite young, um, mm. I don't think I'll have this kind of fire, mm. thinking about fire in my belly twice now, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> um, I wouldn't have this same fire, um, I am someone that does not believe in pity parties, they get us nowhere mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. life, um, so it's something that has really, really pushed me to be more Um, and want to um, be be more and want more Mm. um so um I know some people deal with loss very differently um Mm. it drives them into a place where they believe that the world is against them Mm. but for me it was almost like let me show you that the world is for me Mm. like I'm not defined by my circumstance I'm not defined by what the newspapers may say about (laughs) about people in my situation or um how the media depicts it as well. And mm. um, because if you watch any movie where there's an orphan child, mm. it's almost like disaster. <laughs> yeah. Like all the worst things, for them, drugs, <laughs> like <laughs> rock and roll, <laughs> HIV. It's just like, oh my God. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. So from early on, um, I let that story of loss really define my positivity. Um, Mm. in the world because we are not our situation
0: Mm, that's it mm, we are mm, not we can mm. be
1: bigger we can be better um than that so yeah big 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 part to play
0: I love that. I love that. OK, so we're going to talk a little bit more about the what I like to call the lifestyle of jumping or a lifestyle of jumping, which is ultimately your your life mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in, in a nutshell. Right. And and one of the, the pivotal points, I think, in your life that I'd like to kick off with is the Silicon Valley experience. Um, and so, as I said before, for the last seven years uh, of your life, maybe plus now you've ultimately been living that expat life, right? So you've been you've been seeing what it feels like to move to a completely different country, maybe at times you know not even speak the language um, and still dominate or grow or you know just make the most of this of this new environment. So let's talk about one of I believe what would have been one of your first big moves, so Silicon Valley. Can you tell us a bit about that move and what inspired you to jump in that particular direction?
1: Okay, so Silicon Valley was one of... Actually, it wasn't one of my first moves. I was like, oh. it was one. No, it wasn't, actually. It's something I rarely talk about, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So people think it was before I left to Nigeria. It wasn't. It was in the was middle after... of my jumping journey. I yeah. so I think those well, are man. one of the secrets um, of Instagram. You tell your story, ass <laughs> and when. It's please. true. <laughs> All so... we have is the timeline, but you know <laughs> <exactly>. the truth. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I'll talk about Silicon Valley first, and then we can okay. move on to other things but Silicon Valley was actually um in the middle of my jumping um jumping story in the middle of my expat life um story so um I had actually moved to Dubai before um I did the whole Silicon Valley gig. Oh wow okay. Yeah so um, I wasn't moving. Yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> exclusive exclusive so um I had moved to Dubai Um, Mm. My husband at the time, um, my husband had also moved to Dubai Mm. um, and I was in between jobs. Um, Mm. Dubai was actually quite difficult Mm. when I moved here. And that's a story that most people don't know. Mm. Um, It was hard for me to find a really good role um, that I felt I was a fit um, Mm. fit for. So a role came up. They Mm. did say that there was going to be travel included Mm -hmm. and long short of it, when I got this role, it was for, let's say, the biggest telephone tech company. Okay. I'm not going to say okay. the name. That's all right. <laughs> um, but it's the creme de la creme yeah. of phones. It's up there. Let's just yeah. say, yeah. up there. Mm-hmm. So um, I got this opportunity to go and head out a team, mm-hmm. um, a team in Silicon Valley, wow. um, in, in Cupertino, wow. um, for the launch of multiple products that okay. this brand was... Um, this brand was offering. I did it for a few months, so I was um, back and forth between Dubai um, and Cupertino, and it was the worst experience of my life. I think I've heard you say this. (laughs) The worst professional experience of my life. That's why I'm not really mentioning any brands. So um, I feel like um, a lot of people, if you're in the tech space, that's the dream. Mm -hmm. San Francisco, Cupertino, that's where you want to be. You want to be in, you want to be there with the, the, that's it. So um, it's funny, I would drive to work and there would be google on the right hand side oh, and then wow. amazon and then wow. it was like a dream tech right? it was yeah. insane it yeah. was like i was on the campus i was on a tech campus wow. it was really mad but mm. what i did not like about this role and i know you didn't ask me really no 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 why I, <laughs> <laughs> I did not like shared. about this role and yeah. why i'm sharing it is because yeah. sometimes mm. you mm. take a jump and it may seem so big mm. and it may seem like the most amazing experience and it can just fall flat mm-hmm. um, and that's been one of my experiences with one of these jumps mm. I was never going to live in um, Silicon Valley yeah, yeah that was not the plan I actually sure. loved Dubai um, yeah. but I did want to take that opportunity but that opportunity meant that I was 11 hours is it behind oh my god maybe behind I was 11 hours behind Dubai wow. so my husband will wake up in the morning oh um gosh. and I will be going to sleep Oh my gosh. And then I was in a room <laughs> of mm. 600 people. I had a team of like, maybe like the big, the, the um, total number of us in that core team was maybe mm. like 50 of us. Wow. Um, and there was not one person that looked like me.
0: Wow. wow.
1: One. Wow. There was not one person that spoke like me. Wow. There was not one person that had the same life experiences as me. Imagine sitting in a room with 600 people and you feel like... Alone. Alone. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And that was my story the Silicon Valley. And for me, that was one time when I was like, no, no, no. I'm not going... I don't need to do this. Mm, mm. I don't need to do this. I need to look mm. out for myself. Mm. I was not, I am no, I wasn't going to be an advocate for that company <laughs> to bring in more people like me. That's not my job, <laughs> Jonathan. Yeah. But that was one time mm. when I made a jump mm. and I willed it all the way back mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I, it means too much to me, Jonathan, mm. to be able to sit in a room and be confident in who I am mm. and not be swamped by the fact that There is no representation. For the first time in my life, as well, and another exclusive, Mm. I would literally call my husband, and there would be times where I would weep. And I would be like, this is hard.
0: Wow. this is
1: hard, I'm 11, mm. an, 11 hours away from mm, you, mm. my family in the UK, how many mm. hours are they behind, so mm. I don't want to be in a secluded place, like yeah. I don't know how you feel, but when I see another person that looks like me, mm. there's a little a level of ease yes, that comes in, I didn't have that, yeah. month on month, trip on trip, mm. Um, it just was not for me, mm. Um, so um, that Silicon Valley jump, Ended mm. very abruptly.
0: <laughs> I can say. imagine the money.
1: The money was amazing. I can um, imagine. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's not worth it. It yeah. doesn't matter. Um, yeah. it, um, I was speaking to my husband a couple of weeks ago mm. about um, that, and he mm. was like, "It's so funny how people don't see it. If you're not in that situation, you don't mm. understand it." But mm-hmm. the truth is, if there was another race or an, there was another race, and they were in mm. a room mm. with 599 black people yeah uh-huh. they would feel they, it. they were feeling yeah, yeah. like <laughs> so, walk away my shoes yeah exactly so um, that silicon valley um story ended really quickly because yeah. of that um yeah. but yeah, yeah that's a little bit about that story no, um yeah. but it was a, it was an amazing experience but mm. not for me Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I love I love that you own that do you know what I mean you own the fact that it wasn't for me because I think sometimes one of the things that that keeps us in a place right and um, that we shouldn't be in is that we feel like oh I made the jump so I have to commit to this do you understand like or or even other people's expectations because you could have been like okay but hold on I'm Runker and I'm finally at Silicon Valley right you know like this looks great on paper everyone's hailing me maybe saying wow oh my gosh you're doing work experience over there whatever the case may be and you could have limited yourself by living by you know trying to live up to other people's expectations but what's so powerful is in that moment you honored yourself you recognized this doesn't work for me right and there's there's this saying which to me is like the most like Nigerian phrase ever but there's a saying that if you do not like where you are move you are not a tree right and it's like (laughs) ultimately like oh yeah move if you don't like it like relocate jump move you know um pivot and I think what's really key about your Silicon Valley experience is that it is an example of you you know not every single time you jump is it necessarily going to work out but at any point you still have the power to pivot do you understand that's right you still have the power to change your story and so I think it's great that you shared that and I think it's also important because yeah we do people do have an expectation or this idea of Silicon Valley of you know the tech giants and like wow I've made it and you know all this money and the the grass is, isn't always greener on the other side you that's the I mean?
1: truth that's the truth Deborah it is not greener sometimes mm. sometimes it is fantastic on yeah. the other side Facts. but the occasion it wasn't it doesn't even feature on my cv <laughs> I noticed, I noticed <laughs> While listening, CV. you were like let's <laughs> just erase this memory let's erase that I have a gap on my cv and I'm one of those people especially because with the jump school we talk about career 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 mm. right? people say oh what if I have a gap on my cv I have gap I have gaps that I don't owe anybody an explanation Mm, about mm. as long as my experience is Mm. sound yes if you want to hire me you'll hire me and that's it so that is
0: out of my cv <laughs> <thinking> about that <laughs> i love that i love that so anyone that's listening if you have gaps don't have any shame. You can it. it doesn't have to define you so no, i think that's powerful we're going to talk then a, l- a little bit about another one of your pivots and it's interesting because um you know now i'm seeing that my order of things and my timeline of things may not necessarily be uh what the reality was but that's why you're here um to tell your own story but um What I do want to talk about is Nigeria and and that part of your experience and that part of your journey. On this podcast, um, one of the viewers' favourites episodes um, that I've come to find is actually one that I did with a young woman and a friend of mine called Olamide Bada. Now, Alameda kind of shares a similar story to you um, in that you are both born and bred Londoners um, who took a bold decision to basically move back to the motherland and did some amazing work while you were there. So before we talk anything about like what inspired you to relocate to Nigeria, or what led to that, I'm really just interested to know what had been your experience of Nigeria up until that point? You know, were you already familiar with the culture and the way of life there before you made that decision? The reason I ask that is because I think one of the things that often you know gets in the way or maybe um prevents people from moving back home so to speak is oh, i don't understand the language you know i i wasn't born and raised there or maybe you were born there but then you know you you moved to london or whatever the case may be but there's all these different ideas around um what living in nigeria is like so so again um what had been your experience of Nigeria up until that point? And were you already familiar with the culture?
1: So I'm a British Nigerian through and through. So uh, let me summarize that. No yeah. experience yeah. whatsoever yeah. living yeah, in Nigeria. So um, I had been to Nigeria once when mm. I was eight. Mm. Um, and then once again, when I was 24. Wow, and then I moved that's when I was quite 25. a gap. Talk about gaps. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I moved at 25. So wow. Wow. Um, I i am somebody that doesn't actually have much family in Nigeria mm. as well. Mm. So I actually didn't really know anything. My grandpa, I love him so much. Mm. Um, my mm. grandpa lives in Ibadan. So not mm. even in the main city wow. um, in Nigeria. And he's probably the only um family member wow. that I have in Nigeria my um my gran- grandparents have a really strange past like my granddad lived in Brixton oh for, wow and, yeah my granddad is 19 oh, granddaddy. 93 yeah Aww. and talking about Brixton and them days <laughs> he, came, he studied here wow. my grandma lived in the UK for 40 something years wow. I have aunties and uncles that live in like Paris wow the states, etc. So, most people aren't there. Mm. They're not in Nigeria to mm. the extent that when I was leaving London, they asked me if I was mad. My okay. grandfather said, are you okay? He said, is everything, is everything okay? Is everything all right? <laughs> um, most people are like, don't go, don't go, don't go. Mm. You don't know anything about Nigeria. Mm. You don't know how it works here. There's mm. nothing here. Mm-hmm. People are trying to leave to come to London. Mm. bags to go to Nigeria. Mm. Makes no sense. And mm. um, so yeah, in a nutshell, Zero exp- um, experience. Wow, in Nigeria. I understand you're above those. So, okay. Good. Um. Nice so yeah. So that was an advantage. But yeah, it was a big jump. It was wow, a big jump.
0: Wow. Wow. So in the face of the naysayers, when when everyone was saying, and I can imagine what that's like, um, when everyone is saying, I, I beg, don't come here. Or, We're trying to get to where you are. And people are saying, Are you mad? Is everything okay? Um, what pushed you to still make this jump? What pushed you to still to still relocate to Nigeria?
1: I had a plan. Mm. And I think that's where we all need to begin. Mm, mm. <laughs> like, do you have a plan? Mm. I had a
0: plan. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, do you have a 5 plan?
1: <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't literally just like, oh my gosh, yeah, Nigeria is so live. Mm. I went when I was 24. I went at Christmas. Of course mm. it was live, but of I'm course. not stupid. Yes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like the, this is not how it is all the time. Yeah. It's yeah. London summertime, it lasts mm. for facts. <laughs> If if someone moves to London based off London summertime, <laughs> there's a
0: problem. <laughs> They're gonna be totally disappointed. Yeah.
1: So um I had a plan. Um mm. and um this is actually a story how things kind of just fell together perfectly for me. I mm. wasn't planning to move to Nigeria, but I knew I needed a big change from London. Mm. Um I actually was trying to find a job in Dubai first and that through. Mm. Mm. I just couldn't mm. get a job. Interesting. Um mm. and I didn't want to limit myself. I don't want to just become okay with like living in London. So mm. a job opportunity came up in Nigeria through my network again. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah. and I took it. Um mm. it was a really good salary. Mm. Um it was comparative to what I would earn in London, which mm. was really important to yes. me. yeah um, because I know people that went to Nigeria and couldn't fly home <laughs> because there was no money to fly home. Yeah, I had a plan. And I made that jump. So,
0: you know, there are all these naysayers um, at this point, right? So people are saying, are you mad? Like, why would you be moving? This is a place that we're trying to leave. And we're trying to get to where you are in London, right? Um, So in the face of all these different naysayers, um, you mentioned that you had a plan, right? You said that it was a plan that brought you there. Um, So can you talk a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, so the plan um, was literally get a job that pays me well. That was Mm. the only reason. Mm. Or that could be the only reason why I would move um, to somewhere like Nigeria. Especially Mm. if you want to live a certain kind of lifestyle as well. In Mm. Nigeria, you better have your money ready. Um, So um, I had the opportunity to get this job um, Mm. that was quite well paid. And Mm. that's how I packed my bags and left.
0: Yeah. wow wow so talking about Nigeria when you think back to the time that you worked there I'm interested to know what <laughs> what did you learn quite quickly <laughs> I can imagine there was some lessons that um straight away it was like oh okay this is different to London or um maybe i I behaved this way in London and it worked in London but here I've got to ch- I've got to change in this kind of way what what were some of the Quickest, maybe lessons that you that you learn, um in moving to Nigeria.
1: They don't like young people telling oh, them what no.
0: to do.
1: <laughs> so no. um, I worked with an organisation, um, a global agency as well, um, okay. based in Lagos, and mm. um, I was twenty five, and I wow. came um, in a director level. So when I got there, these people were like, "Who is this?" girl like I had people older than me that would they would not speak to me Mm. at work Mm. when I would speak to certain people about getting their work done or Mm. professionalism Mm. they used to be so rude to me Mm. it was really hard because Mm. in the UK it doesn't matter your Mm. age Mm. if you're about your business you're about your business True. you could be the md of a company at 20 years absolutely. old absolutely yeah People um social and social. that's it mm. um so that was very very different for mm. me the mm. the cultural difference like mm. i'm just like look at my cv i've done the job mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. If They're lo- they're like we don't care. We've been <laughs> in organization for 15 years. Who is this little mm. girl? So mm. I had to learn and adapt extremely quickly. Mm. The way I spoke to people, mm. how I carried myself. I've never been a true professional, to mm. be honest. Mm. Like, Interesting you said I'm, I'm a converse wearing. <laughs> like get to the office between 9 a.m. and 10. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you're not an 8 a.m. startup. <laughs>
1: I'm one of those people, but I I had to up my game. I had Mm. to up my game. I had to prove myself a little bit differently in Nigeria, Mm. just so they wouldn't say, "Who's this little girl? She's either come come here um, because she knows somebody, Mm. or um, here because she has a British passport, Mm. or she's English speaking." Yeah, privilege. That's for me. That's the worst case scenario because Mm. I worked worked Mm. for what. Um, I had so mm. yeah, so that was a big cultural difference for me
0: mm-hmm. I hear that I hear that and I can imagine that being literally like a baptism of fire sort of you know it's just like there's no time (laughs) to be the old one so to speak like yo it's time to just basically get in line um and that, that you did brilliantly I think one of the greatest things that happen when we move outside of our comfort zone um are the opportunities that we meet on the other side right when we just say yes to to change and we say yes to a new environment and um I think when we talk about Nigeria, um, from the outside looking in anyways, you, you were blessed to to find friendships, relationships, um, and a whole new type of network, I'd assume, um, in this country. So, when you look back on Nigeria, what would you say was maybe the greatest gift um, that you were given from your time in
1: Nigeria? My husband. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> tup, that, tup. <laughs> so, for those that know me, there was no way on this planet earth that I was ever <laughs> getting with like a niger yeah, guy. Yeah. There was no way <laughs> I'm a Londoner. I even recently <laughs> bought this dope chain that says LDN. <laughs> I am a Londoner. <laughs> three at three. Um, but um funny mm-hmm. enough, um that trip that I made when I was 24 um a couple of months before i moved to nigeria i actually met my Mm. husband on that trip wow Um, and we were friends, we just maintained a friendship yeah um nothing too deep to Mm. be Mm. honest but then Mm. when i moved to nigeria it kind of transitioned into Mm. what it is now so um that was my biggest gift and my husband is absolutely it's fantastic, oh. like oh. I know people always say, Oh, yeah, my husband isn't the best. No, no, no. <laughs> my husband,
0: no, he's
1: the <laughs> thing <laughs> I've never seen anybody like my husband in this. Life. I love like, that. I um, love that. even when I look at my sisters, my prayer mm. point is like they meet someone mm. like my husband, yes, you yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so he was definitely um my gift. I think it I was that. also the reason why my my destiny mm. or my path was mm-hmm. led to nigeria <laughs> absolutely yeah um, because I that knew. happened really quickly and mm. then when the time was done for that Nigeria part of the journey, mm. we both moved to Dubai. So Goodness,
0: yeah. goodness, that's, yeah, I think even, talk less of your career story, your love story, and and and, <laughs> and the little that, you know, some of us are fortunate to know of, it is an epic one in itself, you know, talk, <laughs> we're talking about London Girl goes to Nigeria, falls in love with, uh, you know, Niger Boy, Niger, um, London Girl has to move back, Niger Boy follows London Girl, or, you know, you decide together to move, and, and the way you guys have built and created a whole new life for yourselves to together um is beautiful and there's a testament to all the great things you've just spoken about him so I, I love that and I thought it was really important to get that in there because guys <laughs> listen listen your your husband might be on the other side of your movers, or, or your wife who knows um so that's fantastic so still talking about um your jumps um and still talking about your lifestyle of jumping we're gonna kind of go all the way into the present so we're gonna talk about Dubai place that for the last few years you have been able to call home. Um, and anyone that follows Ronca, I'm sure, will be privy to, you know, how amazing the lifestyle is in Dubai. I'm talking, we're seeing you on yachts on the weekend, right? <laughs> like every, every, I feel like every day is brunch in Runker's world. Like I'm seeing waffles, I'm seeing pancakes. But they're not like London pancakes, it's different. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Dubai. So, so what, what led you to Dubai and how has this particular move changed your life?
1: Okay, cool. So Dubai, Dubai. Oh. It's literally my land of all oh, possibilities, wow. seriously. And people don't talk about that much um, in regards to the Middle East. You hear New York, New York, mm. all of that, flashing lights, all of that. But the Middle East has become my or our land of possibilities. Amazing. And um, in two in two thousand and twelve is actually where that story began. Mm. I came on holiday two thousand and twelve with my best friend and while we were out here, I've spoken about networks so much because it's mm-hmm. too important. Okay. Yeah. We, there was someone in our network that knew someone that lived in Dubai. Mm. So she was like, oh yeah, my friend, he lives in Dubai. He can take you out for lunch, one of those ones. So mm-hmm. he took us out for lunch, two of them took us out for lunch and um, they showed us things that I never thought mm. were possible. People come to Dubai on holiday and they don't see the real Dubai. You go to the Mm. Burj Khalifa, Mm. you watch the water show, whatever (laughs) you do, but there is a life. Mm. in Dubai that most people aren't privy to because they don't know anybody that works and lives Mm. there. Mm. Um, On that trip, we were able to kind of spend time with this person. And literally, he just spoke about his journey Mm. to Dubai Mm. and the things that he was able to do Mm. by moving here. And I think on one of the last days of our trip, he um, invited us over to his apartment. Mm. And I looked out of his window and I was like, that is it." it. That's it. That was it, the view. That It's the view for me. (laughs) That's it. It's the view for me. I was like, that's it. I'm leaving the UK. Because I'd never really experienced something where I was like, if my peers Mm. can have this Mm. and be this, Mm. I want it. Mm. I want it like not in a jealousy way but my eyes were open to a life that i never even could imagine existed so the view (laughs) changed the game and um from 2012 to actually around 2015 Mm. i consistently looked for jobs in dubai so we're talking three years I moved to Nigeria, and I was still looking for jobs in Dubai. <laughs> I met my husband, and I was like, "We're going to Dubai." <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you know what? I'm interested. I'm it into the there. I'm interested. Was was um, was your husband aware of the same Dubai that you had seen at that
1: point? No. Okay, so you kind of. So just... I sold the dream. Okay. I sold the Dubai <laughs> dream to him. No. So I was like, we're moving to Dubai. <laughs> so two years into my Nigeria story, when the oil crisis was happening, I was like, the Naira is going in the bin mm-hmm. we're <laughs> to Dubai for real now. <laughs> There's nothing left for
0: us anymore
1: here. <laughs> so um, we applied, we applied, we applied, mm. and he got a job first. Wow. Um, yeah, and this is where I talk about like people thinking they can't jump because mm. they don't have the right passport mm. or they don't have the right educational background. Mm. It's a lie. Mm, like mm. my husband Mams is a Niger guy he Mm. went to University of Lagos Mm -hmm. he ran his own business in Nigeria and he Uh, made his jump he got his uh, job before me he was working uh, full-time before me so anything is possible possible. literally I love that so then I moved to Dubai well we moved to Dubai in 2015 Mm. and the lifestyle here is insane I'm not gonna lie like there's a petrol provider that pulls up at your house and, <laughs> oh my God. and uh, gives you your petrol. Branca, your why, house. You, why are you doing this
0: to me? I knew I was going to come off this call. Just looking at London like, <laughs> like get me out of here.
1: <laughs> Seriously, everything. The other day I was speaking to one of my girls who actually jumped here um, oh, from amazing. Lagos. Um, yeah. She used to work with me mm. and she... Um, moved here too, I was having a chat with her and she was like, who's that in the background? I was like, I'm just doing my pedicure because in Dubai, there's apps. They just come. They do oh your pedicure. They goodness. do your threading. They do everything up in your living room. I so can't. you just schedule it. They come. <laughs> what lockdown? <laughs> what, what pandemic? No pandemic. <laughs> <to> um, <laughs> so it's been um, the lifestyle has been great here, but it's not just mm. about like the fancy things that sure. you see. It's also about the career growth. It's yeah. about the money. Um, yeah. The money has changed mine and my husband's like long term game. Wow. Um, game like in London. Mm. I would earn I'm not joking four times Mm. less than I earn now wow yeah like I've seen like I do like salary comparisons Mm. all the time with the jump school if I lived in London right now I know what I will be earning I know that I would not be able to afford to live in London there are so many different things that have Mm. come into play and Dubai has really really just opened like our eyes and the Mm. doors um obviously tax-free income
0: It well, it had me at
1: the taxi. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I don't need to hear anything else. <laughs> so um yeah so it's yeah so Dubai has been definitely our land of possibilities. I gave birth to my son here mm. as well. I didn't go back to the UK because the healthcare mm. here is really good. Um, so just the lifestyle is fantastic. Um mm. and um yeah, it's somewhere that I want to be for a yeah. long time. Hopefully, yeah. fingers crossed. Definitely, definitely. And Dubai looks good on you too. That's the that's Thank the you. Thing. like you
0: know when someone's in a city and you're just like stay there, stay there a bit more, stay there a bit more, because it it fits you or fits you fine. You know, it's just yeah, it really fits you. So I think that's amazing to hear that. And and I, I know it's been many years, but congratulations for making that jump and congratulations Thanks. for creating a life that you love, that you and your husband love, and and you know, and setting up a legacy for your family. I think financial security and and being able to set yourself up in that way it does amazing things for not just your life but you know the life of those coming up behind you and so that's amazing and I'm sure I know in fact for a fact you know in the jump school people can hear more about this and find out more about your personal journey and how this can also be possible so this this kind of leads me to one of my last questions and and I think that um after a year like 2020, uh, a very epic year for many people in, in different ways, I think that one of the things that changed for a lot of people is we're all reimagining uh, the world of work and we're we're looking differently at what work means to us. You know, we know we can now work remotely, um, whether it might be career satisfaction is more important than ever before, financial security in the middle of a pandemic, or it might even be flexibility. You know, you want the ability to maybe be able to like, you know, go and have a pedicure in the middle of the day or whatever whatever the case may be I think that more people right now may be considering cultivating the courage to jump um, just as you did um so what would you say to those who may be listening right now who are feeling that tug to jump um but are feeling kind of halted at one one spot they're feeling it's difficult to make that jump
1: what would you say to those people I would say that you have a passport for your home country so if it doesn't work out you can always go back yeah so it always begins with that first step you Mm. don't know if you're gonna love it you don't know if you're gonna hate it Mm. but if you don't try it that's where you have a problem or Mm -hmm. that's where it's gonna be the downfall Mm. um i've said today that silicon valley i hated it it didn't work for me Nigeria, I loved it, but the Naira didn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, London, I love it. Mm. But where London is heading, mm. it wasn't for me. Mm. So fast forward to where I am now, Dubai was the jump that worked yeah. for me. Yeah. And I wouldn't have known if I didn't try and test and mm. um, reach out to people, mm. figure out how they did it. So if you have reservations Mm. just take your first step and your first step may not be getting on a plane your first step may be googling Mm. how the how is the culture in Mm. xyz or how do I make the move to xyz that Mm. let's start with like those little steps because Mm. they form the biggest story so I would say that if you have a passport
0: Mm. I hope
1: you have a passport. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't, <laughs> let's start we'll, there. We've got different advice to give you. <laughs> but, you can, uh, but you can always go home. Yeah, you can always go home. So yeah. just, just try it. Just try yeah. it. So yeah. that's the. And that's what I would say for real. I love that. I love that. You owe it to yourself to try. You owe yeah. it to yourself to try.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Runke, it's been fantastic talking to you. Honestly, like, thank you so much for sharing your journey. I feel like we've got some exclusives that I'm just like, <laughs> yes, come on. <laughs> Feeling like I just broke some knees or something. Um, but most importantly, it's been inspiring. It's really, really, it's really been inspiring to hear your story and hear how you have consistently chosen yourself, chosen peace, chosen joy, chosen a life that you love. And so finally Finally, um, where can we connect with you further? And where can we hear more about the Jump School? Uh, Let us know basically where we can follow you.
1: So you can follow me on The Jump School. It's my baby IG profile and I need loads Yay. of followers, people. <laughs> follow, you know follow, follow it, guys. You know how it goes in the social media world. I do <laughs> have numbers. They don't take you seriously. Don't you worry uh, about <laughs> <laughs> You have testimonies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm on IG as The Jump School. Um, and then my website also, which is thejumpschool.com it has some information about the programs that i offer on there and um, so yeah reach out to me say hello to <laughs> okay
0: amazing amazing once again thank you so much runka it's been such a pleasure um guys if you have enjoyed this episode and i'm sure you have i'm sure some of you are currently googling what's the culture like in dubai (laughs) some of you might be what's the culture in paris i don't even know but i really really hope that one, one thing that you've taken away from this is that you owe it to yourself to try and so if you have enjoyed this episode and whatever you've taken away from it we would love to hear it so please do be sure to share um you know share your screen grab share your little takeaways um, you can share that with me over on the podcast Instagram page, which is at trustintheprocesspod. Um, you can also share it on my personal page, which is at Deborah Chosen. Uh, make sure that if you are listening on iTunes that you rate this podcast, let me know what you're feeling. Um, and, you know, show some love to the guests, that the amazing guests that have been on this show as well. So all that's left to say once again, Care, thank you so much. We look forward to seeing your next jump. Um, and I wish you all the best with everything. So thank you once again.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Deborah. It's been lovely. (laughs) It's been
0: a pleasure. so guys, until next time, remember to keep trust in the process and I'll see you guys in the next one. Bye.